Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. It's a little bit after the hour. Good morning, everyone. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, Joe Anderson, Big Al Clopine, hanging out here uh, once again on a Saturday. Happy um, March Madness weekend. Oh, yeah. Big time, huh? And um, happy uh, belated St. Patrick's Day and everything else that uh, goes along in it. This week, Daylight Savings. Yeah, right. I love it. I love that extra time. Yeah, but if you get up at 5, Al, it's like it's 4. Well, I do get up at 6. It's still dark, I agree, but I I still will take that to get the light at night. (sighs) That's my personal opinion. But March Madness, Joe, I mean, this is a great time of year. And you are, I think, first place in our in our. Pool right in now. our office pool, yes. There's 20 of us, and I am 20th. Dead last. I am not having, I'm, I've got busted on Thursday. <laughs> <sighs> I went big on a couple things, didn't pay off. Here's what um, we're going to do we're going to talk about, um, you know, there's a lot of risks in retirement. I want to get into some of that, right? Because yeah. most people talk about business risk, market risk, but there's other things, you yeah, know, right. such as longevity risk, interest rate risk, um, healthcare risk, political risks, and so we can kind of put, yeah. put put some things in perspective. Premature death risk. Yeah. Sequence of withdrawal risk. Know-it-all risk. <laughs> Are you or a know-it-all? Ostrich, head in the sand risk. Yes. Um, and then the, the deadline's approaching, folks, for uh, Social Security strategies uh, coming up on April 28th or 9th. Um, I'm still getting conflicting information. What um, I'm reading is 29th. Yeah, what I read it was 28th. Yeah, so I don't so know. So we'll see. <laughs> But there's something you got to do between now and yes, then. Yes, uh, file and suspend, restricted applications, and things like that. So we're going to um, – we had a ton, a ton of response uh, last week for more information and things like that. So we do have a webinar. It's an hour long on Social Security. You can go to purefinancial.com to, to check that out if you want. Of course, you can watch it at your leisure, anytime, anyplace. Um, and so we'll recap a little bit of what we uh, spoke about last week because I think it's important to repeat um, a lot of the things that are changing. So if you missed the show last week, don't worry about it. We're going to give you a recap um, for a, a little bit of the first hour here. So, and um, let's see, what else, what else, what else do we want to talk about? Well, we're always going to talk about taxation in retirement. And I've got some kind of fun segments. We may not get to first hour, but second hour in terms of uh, what is your epic retirement passion project? Maybe we, you know, I found this survey where it asks you 10 questions and then it tells you what you're meant to do in retirement. So interesting stuff. Uh, the Dow Jones closed um, above 17.5 for the week. Yeah, it's positive for the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that's good news, right? Uh, but you never know what's going to happen here. So don't get complacent again. Uh, you right. want to make sure that you are in the appropriate portfolio. And here's what happened now is that a lot of times is that when the market dips like it did um, in the beginning of the year, worst January in history of mankind. Sure. And then people get scared and they, 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 they put either things on hold or they don't do anything. But now, all right, 
So I, I can understand that because you might think that the markets are going to go even further down. But guess what happened? They went up and now they're positive for the year. Uh, so, so waiting for triggers in the overall market for you to make decisions financially is not the right move. You have to get your strategy in place now. And so that means you need to take a look at what types of risks should you be taking in the overall portfolio, all right? How much, how, what rate of return do you need to generate to create the income that you need long-term? So getting that plan in place is key. Uh, so since the markets are back to where they were before this horrendous January <laughs> and beginning of February, right. um, now I think it's time for people to regroup and, and really get some planning done. Then you look at the Fed. The Fed met this week. They didn't raise interest rates because of global concerns. And then you got this election that's going on, too. There's a lot of interesting things going on in the world um, we live in. Yeah, I actually just heard this podcast from uh, NPR Radio called Planet, uh, Planet Money. It's actually pretty good. It was talking about uh, the different, some of the different presidential proposals as they relate to taxes and other things. And they asked a bunch of economists, good idea, bad idea. And almost, as you can imagine, Joe, almost across the board, bad idea, bad idea, bad, you know, like Cruz's 10% flat tax. Bad idea. Bad idea, you know. Uh, but it's a great idea for, you know. If you're really wealthy. Yeah. Oh, it's a fantastic idea because your tax rate would go from 40% to 10%. I mean, I, it would, you know, it, it, it would help some people. Sure. But I'm not sure it's helping the right people, right? And then <laughs> we get into, um, uh, let's see, Bernie Sanders uh, paying for our college tuition. Bad idea for a number of reasons. Well, do you know Denmark was ranked the happiest place on the on I, earth? I saw that, yeah. And they got all kinds of socialist-type benefits, Yeah, right? So I, It's a socialist country, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is, yeah. So you have free health care, you have free college yeah. in Denmark, and people are happy. Yeah. and then, But uh, what I also heard, too, in Denmark is that it's the highest for um, antidepressant uh, drug sales. Yeah, you know what? And my wife actually spent a year in Norway as a foreign exchange student and as in college, and that's what she found there. A lot of depressed people, a lot of heavy drinking. Well, a lot of, a lot that's, of... that's where I got to go. That's where I'm... <laughs> that's, yeah, I'm talking to you, right? <laughs> what do you think? Well, we'll see how this election turns out. I don't know. I might be doing this, this show from Norway. Anyway, it's just it was just interesting. A lot of these ideas, because you know, a politician spits out an idea and everyone claps, right? Great idea, but then you really get down into what would that mean? Is it going to mean things will be better, the same, worse, and and in most cases, worse? Now there was one thing that they were absolutely unanimous that Democrats, Republicans was a good idea, and that was the carried interest thing for hedge funds. You know about that. That's where hedge fund managers are taking what would otherwise be salary and converting it into capital gain income, which is a much lower tax rate. Sure. So I think everyone, except for hedge fund managers, <laughs> agree with that one. Right. Uh, but here's the problem. Uh, we got this looming retirement savings crisis. Oh, boy. Know. Here's again. Here's the stat. Uh, I, t you know, I teach retirement planning courses, as you're aware of, and I ask individuals in the class, and I say, what do you think the average balance of a retirement account is? You know, from, you know, someone age 50, 55 years of age, and then they usually say, well, a couple hundred thousand dollars. <sighs> Guess what this is, Al? Americans between the ages of 40 and 55 have an average retirement account balance of... 14500 bucks. Isn't that crazy? But estimates suggest that they'll need 
up to 20 times that amount to maintain their standard of living after they stop working. Yeah, 20 or, or more. I mean, that's a that's a low figure. Yeah. And, you know, we see this every day is that, the, well, I mean, procrastination is killing people. So there's always a reason not to invest, you know, and not to save. There's always going to be a reason. There's going to be, all right, there's a president election. I don't want to invest. All right, well, okay, well, there's a glooming, you know, um, issues in China. I don't want to invest. You know, ISIS, I don't want to invest. I mean, there's always going to be something not to invest. Sure. But if you think about it, once you're age, let's say, 65, right, you have to create, what, several hundred paychecks for the rest of your life if you pay yourself monthly. Right. Well, how are you going to do that? It's not like here. I, I, all right. Well, here I got fourteen thousand five hundred bucks. I'm used to living off of eighty thousand dollars. Things have got to change, and you've got to really put things um, in perspective and start planning as soon as you possibly can. Uh, we're going to talk about some social security and the changes there when we get back. So don't go anywhere. Show's called Your Money Your Wealth. This is Your Money Your Wealth on Talk Radio seven sixty KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Um, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in. Go to purefinancial.com. Uh, learn all you want about us. Uh, we got 300 some odd plus videos on there. If you want uh, a short snippet on something or a very long TV program, uh, we have it on that website. Al and I also do Your Money, Your Wealth uh, uh, TV show. Yes, we do. So we do a radio show, TV show. Uh, we so just started filming our third season. Third. So look for some new episodes. Yeah, it's very exciting here We've, for We're it. through uh, three shows already. I think the I think the first show is going to uh, air in San Diego. Um, I think uh, not this weekend, but next weekend, Sunday morning, six thirty a.m. Yeah, CBS Channel Eight. Um, for years, some smart and savvy retirees have taken advantage of a handful of little-known strategies to claim their Social Security benefits, rather than just taking their benefits at face value. They had a plan. They had a plan for how and when to claim their benefits. And as a result, it put tens of thousands of dollars of additional benefits in their pocket. No joke. For some, it's the equivalent of taking, I don't know, a five-star week-long vacation every single year for the rest of their lives. But here's the problem. In just a matter of weeks, those little-known claiming strategies are all going to come to a screeching halt. The government is changing the rules on how you're claiming your benefits. And the deadline is just around the corner. For those who are eligible, you have a very short window to take action. But if you don't, you're just leaving what could be a small fortune on the table. When it comes to these new rules, you have to act now. So let me explain what they are. There are two benefits that are going away. One is called a restricted application. I'm gonna start there. If you are over 62 years of age, you can still do a restricted application. Let me repeat that. If you're over 62 years of age, you had to turn 62, though, by the end of 2015. So if your 62 birthday was in 2015 or over, you qualify for a restricted application. What a restricted application does is allows you to take a spousal benefit, okay? So you could claim it on your current spouse, if you're married, or if you are single but have an ex-spouse and have been married to that individual for more than 10 years, you qualify. So if you're over 62 by end of 1231 of 2015, you're married or were married to someone for over 10 years, you qualify for a restricted application. I don't care what the Social Security Administration tells you. You, 
<laughs> you're in. Now, what the restricted application allows you to do, it allows you to claim the spousal benefit. So let's say I'm married, I'm 62 years of age, and my spouse is claiming their social security benefit. I say, all right, maybe you wait until full retirement age, maybe you take it at 62, it doesn't matter. I would encourage you probably to wait till full retirement age to do this. So let's say I'm over 62 by the um, end of last year. Now I turn full retirement age, 66, a couple of months. I'm married, my spouse is claiming their benefit. And I'm like, you know what? I don't wanna take my benefit yet. I wanna to continue to let my benefit grow till age 70. So I can claim a restricted application. What that means is that now I can claim my sp spousal benefit. The spousal benefit is half your spouse's, all right? So your spouse's benefit is $3,000 at their full retirement age. Your spousal benefit would be 1,500 bucks a month. So you could claim the $1,500 a month, the spousal benefit, and let your benefit, your own retirement benefit, continue to grow by the 8% delayed retirement credit the Social Security Administration gives you. So you take it at your full retirement age. Instead of taking your own benefit, you will take the spousal benefit. You will let yours continue to grow until, let's say, age 70. Then you turn off the spousal benefit. You turn on your benefit and then live happily ever after. So that's the restricted application. So if you um, turn 62 years of age by 1231 of 2015, you still qualify to take that restricted application. You can take it on an ex-spouse as long as you are married to that ex-spouse for 10 years um, or if you are currently married. So that's one that is going away. So if you're not 62, then that benefit is no longer available to you. So just to be clear, you can t st if you're younger than 62, by the time you get to full retirement age, you can still take a spousal benefit. You just can't do a restrictive application and let your benefit continue to grow. No. What happens then if I'm under 62 years of age? It's called deemed. It's a deemed benefit. What well, all that means is this, is that they will give you the higher of the two. Right. So let's say I'm like, all right, well, because the restricted application, what actually that means, Al, is that you can, instead of taking yours and letting yours grow, you're just taking the spousal. Right. Okay. So if let's say I'm younger than 62, I, I turned 62 this year. All right, so I can no longer ever claim a restricted application. I can still have a spousal benefit Correct. if I never had my own benefit. But if my benefit is higher than the spousal benefit, they're going to give me mine. Yeah, I understand. So, so let me. Yeah, part two of what I was going to say was that that's right. So it's it's whichever benefit is higher is the one you take. So if your benefit is higher than half of your spouse's, you got to take your benefit. Correct. Right. If your spouse, if half your spouse's benefit is higher than yours. You can take that. You can take the higher of the two. Correct. It's just that you can't no, you can't do this this thing where people were filing this restrictive application to let theirs grow and taking half their spouses and letting theirs grow regardless of whether it was higher than half the benefit. So that's what's going away, right? You got it. You got right. it. Right. Right. So if I say, hey, I, uh, the spousal benefit is still there. Right. But I just can't. If my benefit is higher than the spousal benefit, they're going to give me my own. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. there's there's no, you know, some people call this kind of gaming the system. In other words, you kind of got this free money while you let your own benefit grow. And so that's what's going away. The other benefit is um, file and suspend. And with file and suspend, you still have a deadline. You have to be full retirement age or older by April 28th. April 28th is the deadline for you to file for your benefit 
and suspend them. Why would you want to do that? Because for your spouse to claim the restricted application, you either need to be claiming your own benefit or filed for your benefit and then suspend them. So if you want to continue to let yours grow, right, and say, I don't want to take mine, but I want my spouse to take the spousal benefit, well, you're going to have to, right, that's where file and suspend came into play. You filed for your benefits, then you suspend them. The, the, the spouse was able then to claim that restricted application. But now for the spouse to claim the spousal, you would have to claim if yeah. you are under full retirement age by April 28th. So if you are um, over the full retirement age or full retirement age by April 28th, so what's that, a month and a half, you still can go to the Social Security Administration and file for your benefit and suspend them. Because for years, smart and savvy retirees have taken advantage of these benefits. These benefits added tens of thousands of dollars. It's in their pocket. But like I said, just in a matter of weeks, the government is pulling the plug. All right. So the good news is you still have time. Um, if you're grandfathered in, but you have to act right now, okay? You, you you risk leaving a small fortune behind. Gotta take another break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Now back to Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Uh, my name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in today. Uh, go to our website at purefinancial.com if you'd like. Now, talking Social Security. Deadlines right around the corner. Yes. The government kind of pulled the rug from us, changed the laws. And so for some of you, um, you have to act quickly. So I just went through that. Um, if you missed it, you can listen to a podcast or go to purefinancial.com and go to our webinar. Right. Uh, but we're talking about the restricted application. Uh, so you need to be 62 years of age or older, still still qualify for a restricted application. Uh and then uh, 62, if you turn 62 by 1231 of 2015. Now, if you're looking at, if you're full retirement age and you haven't claimed your benefits yet, or if you are full retirement age um, or going to be full retirement age before April 28th is the deadline, um, I encourage you then to file for your benefits and suspend uh, because that's the last time you'll be able to do that. File and suspend is going away and you got until April 28th to do this. Now, here's a few things. Is that still, Al, I mean, you've seen the studies is that most people still take their Social Security benefit as soon as they can take it. Yeah, the majority. I think last study we saw, Joe, I think the, the people that take it at 70, which is the last uh, year that you can take it and still have increased benefits, is it's about 2%. Mm -hmm. It's not very high. And the, and the truth is waiting is actually going to be the best answer for many because every single year you wait, as you say, Joe, particularly after uh, full retirement age, which currently is 66, you get an 8% credit. In other words, your benefit is 8% higher the following year by not taking it, and then 8% after that. So but, but by waiting between 62 and, or 66, I'm sorry, and 70, you're going to have an additional 32%, or a third again as much. So in other words, if you were going to get about 30000 a year, it's more like 40 a year. Right. And that's a lot. That's a lot because that goes for the rest of your life and it's indexed for inflation. And by the way, it's kind of tax efficient, right? Because worst case, it's 85% of it's taxable. In some cases, none of it's taxable. And in California, it's all tax-free. So having that higher income being tax efficient, that's pretty good. Right. So this is where the planning comes into play for a lot of you. And I get it. It's like there's some, you know, hey, I think it's going to go bust. It's not going to be around. It's not going to be there. So I'm going to... If you need the money, and I know a lot of individuals need the money as soon as they can get it, then take it. But I'm telling you, if you're retiring at 62 today, 
because that's the earliest you can claim Social Security, I think you might have to take a look at your overall plan. Um, because we ask this question all the time. Why are you retiring at this age? Well, that's when I can get my retirement. That's when I'm supposed to retire. What, no. I mean, you have to make sure, do you have enough assets to maintain your same lifestyle? Right? Do you have um, an, an investment strategy to make sure that you're preserving your capital as well as creating the income that you need? Do you have a tax plan to make sure that you're mitigating every ounce of tax possible from that? So you can't look at this so short-sighted because, I mean, when you're 62, what's another couple of years? Right? If you can work another two years, three years, I mean, that's a huge, huge difference. So first of all, don't, if you're planning on retiring at 62 without any other strategy or any other plan, to make sure that a you can retire at 62, I would encourage you to do a little mathematics. Okay. Secondly, is that the longer you wait, like Alan just said, the better off you're going to be from an income standpoint. So maybe you take your money out of your retirement accounts to live off of and let your Social Security grow. I think that might be a better strategy if your main focus is retirement. Now, if you say, hey, I want to leave a lasting legacy and I want to give a bunch of money to the kids and things like that, well, no, you might have to tweak the numbers because what happens there is that, all right, well, you know, if you, you die prematurely and you take some assets from your overall retirement plan and you don't make it to age 70, well, then the kids are going to get less because there's no lump sum at the end with your Social Security if you die prematurely. True. If you die prematurely, it's done. Too bad. I, I guess if you knew when you are going to die. Perfect. This would be easier, Easy, it? man. Easy math. <laughs> so... Looking at this is that, all right, well, here, let's say you do retire at 65, 66. Okay, took our advice and worked another couple of years. Then you're like, okay, well, now I'm full retirement age, 66. So let's claim the benefit. And I get why you want to do this. I do. I've been doing this close to 20 years. And I understand the, the emotional impact when people retire is that they want to feel at least some level of consistent income coming in the door. Because you're giving up your paycheck that, all right, was deposited right in your checking account every two weeks or every month or whatever it is. And there was that, right, familiarity with money going in. Even though the Social Security check is probably going to be significantly less than what you're currently making for a lot of you, you still take it just so you have at least the necessities taken care of. You know, I've got a couple thousand dollars a month guaranteed coming in, and then I can, you know, draw from my other accounts. All right. But if you look at it this way and say, you know what? Hey, push that thing out to get 133% increase on your overall benefit. That's a lot, right? Like Al said, if it's 30,000, it turns to 40 grand. You have to look at inflation. You have to take a look at taxes. Take money from your retirement accounts in that given time period, right? Bleed out that ordinary income tax. And then you have a lot larger benefit that is extremely tax efficient for the most part. It is, Joe. And, and the other thing that we tell folks is that if you're married, it's a really good idea for the spouse that has the highest benefit to wait as long as you possibly can, hopefully to age 70. Why is that? Well, because first of all, while you're both living, you will enjoy that higher benefit. But when one of you passes, let's say the high, higher wage earner, passes, then the spouse will get the survivor benefit, which is equal to the same as the spouse that passed away. So it's a way to take care of your, your spouse if you pass away, and you never know which one is going to outlive the other. That's, that's, that's a real important thing. But taxation, boy, that's, that's another big thing, because a lot of people don't realize how Social Security is taxed. And Joe, there's this thing called provisional income. Okay. Okay. 
because some people don't pay any tax on Social Security, and some people pay tax on 85% of their Social Security at their tax rate, which is probably the 15% bracket. could be 25 could be 28 whatever. Okay, so here's how it goes. You, you look at your provisional income, which is your adjusted gross income before Social Security. Bottom of your first page, add back Social Security if you already have it. So that's your starting point, and then add your tax-exempt interest and half of your Social Security. That's your uh, provisional income. And if you are married, filing jointly, if that figure is under $32,000, there's no tax to pay. If it's between $32,000 and $44,000, you've got to pay up to 50%. That's not a tax rate. Up to 50% of your Social Security is taxable. And then if it's over $44,000, then uh, up to 85% of your Social Security income is subject to your current tax rate. Now, if you're single, those numbers are $25,000. Below that, it's taxed at zero. Twenty-five dollars to $34,000, it can be taxed up to 50%. And over $34,000, it's taxed up to 85%. Where this gets tricky, Joe, is it's not just this all of a sudden thing where it flips from 50 to 85 percent it gradually increases and what happens is as you go over these levels an extra dollar of income which you have to pay tax on causes more your social security income to be taxable and you think you're maybe in a 15 percent bracket because you're paying tax on two different things at the same time it feels more like a 27 28 percent tax and there is so much planning that you can do to make sure that you're not paying these higher tax rates rates. And for those of you that are, are way past the 15% bracket, it's still important to do this kind of planning because if you don't, you end up paying as much or more taxes through your retirement than even your working years because you required minimum distributions and all that sort of thing. So, uh, Joe, I think the, the real crux of this is a lot of people don't realize that they have any control over paying their taxes but it's not true. In fact, you have more control over how much you pay in taxes in retirement than any other time in your life. But your stockbroker, your financial advisor, even your CPA don't understand how to lower your taxes in retirement because it's not their expertise. The only way to lower your taxes is by having a forward-looking tax-efficient strategy. All right, we got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with uh, Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. What we're talking about uh, right now is Social Security. And then on uh, the last segment, we're talking about ta uh, taxation on Social Security. And I think it's important to kind of recap some of the things here because um, if you do the appropriate planning, if you understand how this works, you could save significant dollars on your taxes. And where do you think tax rates are going to go? Do you think they're going to go down or do you think they're going to go up? If you think they're going to go up, then planning is even that much more important. Because when you look at what people focus their energy on when it comes to their retirement, I would say most of it is geared for what their investments are in, right? You could be an average Joe Schmo investor, right? But if you save money in, uh, on the taxes, you're going to probably be 95% ahead of the game, right? Absolutely. And then the problem there too is behavior. So if you just fo focus on if your confidence in your strategy and you save tax and you don't get in and out of the overall markets and lose a lot of money on the table because of you trying to time the market, um, you will be significantly better off because the average rate of return of the S&P or the U.S. markets over the last 20 years is what? Close to 9%. The average rate of return for an average investor is about 3%. That's a 6% differential. 
So if you just stayed in the market over 20 years, you would have got a 9% compound annual return. But most of us got a 3% or 3.5%. So just think about additional 6% on your money over 20 years. Huge. Now, what about taxes? Taxes will add another 1% to 2% potentially of added return because you're giving that much less to Uncle Sam. And then when you're looking at Social Security, you want to throw another wrench in here. How confusing is all of this? It, it, and if you look at the numbers, Al, is that I got this statistic for you. I, thought, I think you'll like this. Good. All right. All right. The truly staggering numbers involved how much in Social Security benefits was subject to tax. Out of a total of $553.5 billion in benefits listed, taxpayers included more than 20 4.3 billion in their taxable income. Taking 24.3 billion and dividing by 55.3 billion works out to a benefit weighted average of 44% of American taxpayers. Yes, interesting. I would say that that's skewed significantly. If they take a weighted average, 44% well, of sure. Americans pay taxes on their social security. I would say it's a heck of a lot less than that. Right, because there's a lot of people that they're just solely living off of their social security well, and retirement. Correct, Joe. So that so let's yeah, let's put this into perspective, right? So a lot of people probably Probably half of the people out there are living only on their Social Security. I mean, it's it's a pretty big number. It's probably even more than that, right. but it's a it's a big, big number. number. So that tells be compliant. It's a huge number. It's a big number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we don't know exactly because we don't have it in front of us for the second. However, the thing is, so they don't pay any taxes on their Social Security because I just went through that last segment. They don't have enough income to have it be taxable. So you got if you take all those people out, I bet you it's about eighty percent. You know, 80, 70, 80 percent of Social Security's tax. We just went over. It can be as high as 85 percent. And I'll tell you, most of you guys, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be 85 percent of it is going to be taxable. So let's go through that again, because to calculate whether some of your Social Security will be treated as taxable income, you first have to take all other sources of income. You got to look at your wages, investment income, taxable, uh, private pensions, and then add in half of your Social Security income. If the result is greater than the first threat of, uh, threshold, and then that threshold is uh, $25,000, all right? So that's if you're single, then thirty-four if you are married. Is that right, Al? Uh, I think it's 32. Well, that, I'm, I got 24, 2016. You got 2016? Uh, I think so. All right, well. No, 32. I'm sorry. 32, 32 and 44. Yes, all that's right. what I got. Yeah, so we're together. Oh, big Al. 32. <laughs> My bad. Looking at 44, and I said 34. All right. So then 50% of your benefit is subject to tax. Once you're over that first threshold, then the additional dollar after that is taxed at um, additional 35% to make it 85%. Right. And so I would say most of our listeners, most of you out there, are probably going to live off of more than 30,000, 40,000 bucks a year. Right. If you include half of your Social Security benefits, right? If you're married and you, both you and your spouse have worked and maybe you've maxed out your benefits, so that could be $60,000 of combined Social Security income there. Half of that's thirty grand. It's pretty difficult to live in Southern California and make less than that. Those thresholds were originally established in 1984. Right. They were designed to include only a small number of higher income taxpayers. But guess what? Those thresholds have not been indexed for inflation. And so over more than 30 years, the number of Americans affected by the provision has risen dramatically. In 2013, most recent year uh, for uh, IRS data is available, more than 27 million taxpayers uh, included Social Security benefits in their tax, uh, on their tax returns. Uh, so that's a lot. And that's probably our listeners. Yes, I would say so. You know, um, 
I would imagine a lot of our listeners um, have assets. They have, they're, they're trying to create a retirement income. And some of our listeners, they, they just think, well, Social Security, you know what, I, it's gravy. Don't think that either. Because if you look at the number of the, if you, if you calculate how much money that is due to you, I mean, it, it's, it could be over a million dollars. Yeah. I mean, and it's not chump change. You can look at it this way. If your annual benefit is going to be $40,000, let's just say, that's equivalent to having a million to maybe $1.3 million to create that income stream. That, that's significant. Right. I mean, last time I knew, a million bucks was a lot. It's a lot of money. It's a ton of money. And if you could get that million dollars back to you in the form of an income stream that's tax efficient, because when, when you look at provisional income, Al, um, and what provisional income is, again, is that, that just take a look at all of your income sources and then add half of your Social Security. So pensions, 401k distributions, municipal bond interest, um, you know, pension, whatever, right? Add right. all that stuff up and then half of your Social Security benefits. That's going to be your provisional income. What is not included in provisional income is, guess what? Yeah, that's going to be your Roth IRA distributions. Boom, right? Yeah. So if I have a Roth IRA, those dollars that come out of a Roth IRA is not included in that provisional income. So uh, a lot of our listeners have been doing Roth IRA contributions and conversions because they're looking ahead, right? They're saying, you know what? This is my asset base. Here's my income base. And if I can get more money into Roth, then when I start pulling those dollars out, I have a, di a diversified tax strategy to create the retirement income. And that diversified strategy is not only going to save me money on ordinary income tax in the state of California tax, but guess what? It's going to reduce the amount of money that potentially my Social Security is going to be taxed. I mean, we've done planning for clients that we were able to move almost 90, 80% of their retirement accounts into Roths over the last six years. That's significant now when they get their Social Security payments, right? Because the capital gains rate, if you're in the 15% tax bracket, it's zero. So we told our clients, so like, push your Social Security out to age 70. Let's live off of some brokerage assets that you have, and let's do massive conversions. Now they got most of their retirement accounts in, in Roths, so that's going to be tax-free to them. Their Social Security benefit is pushed off to age 70. They still maintain the lifestyle that they wanted from you know when they re their retirement date of 65 to 70 or 62 to 70, well, whatever it is. But now they have assets in a brokerage account that would be taxed at 15%. Guess what? There is no capital gains rate in the 15% level. They're taking distribution from their Roth IRAs and they have a lot larger Social Security benefit and most of their income is tax-free and they're probably generating a hundred plus thousand dollars of income. That's planning. It is planning, Joe. And, and taxes don't really stop when your paycheck does and a lot of people kind of don't realize that. Uh, in fact, tapping your retirement nest egg comes with all sorts of new rules and opportunities. Instead of contributing to tax-deferred accounts that reduce your taxes, you'll start tapping those savings for income and paying taxes at your regular rate, unless you're tapping into a Roth IRA, and this is what we want you to be thinking about right now. So as you near retirement, tax planning becomes more important than ever, but you must use a forward-thinking tax strategy. You'll have more control over paying taxes in retirement, more than you think, actually more so than any other time in your life. All right, we gotta take another break. Show's called Your Money Wealth. 